I've had a thought that's just been in my spirit. I'm just going to leave it here with you. You may hear more about it. I don't know, but I just can't uh, get away from it. I was having lunch with uh, uh, Brother Rigo today, and man, it came up again, something he said, and it just kept stirring in our heart. Uh, many of us know the story in Scripture where Jesus was walking with his disciples, and he saw a fig tree. Raise your hand if you've ever heard that story. Many of you. Okay. Don't worry, I'll walk through it if you haven't heard it. He saw a fig tree. His disciples were with him, and he stopped to get some fruit from the fig tree. There was one problem. No fruit on the tree. Scripture says that there were... Now, you would... One place in Scripture says the time of figs was not yet. Like it wasn't quite seasoned yet. And so you would think, well, Jesus would know that. And so that intrigued me. And so I read some different things that people had written about it. And apparently a fig tree, at some point, the leaves get to a certain place. And once the leaves look a certain way, then it indicates that there should now be fruit. So apparently the leaves must have indicated there should be fruit. Jesus stopped to get fruit. There was no fruit on the tree. And so Jesus cursed it. And they went on. They went on into the city, the village, wherever they were going. And they came back out the next day and they passed by. And the scripture says that the disciples saw the tree, that it was withered up and dead. And they called the attention to it as a group and said something to Jesus about it. Hey, the, the tree you cursed is. Yeah. How come that didn't happen the day before? Why was it the next day? I was praying Monday morning, driving over to Olympia. I was praying about a situation in an individual's life where the Lord has given an avenue of communication about his word. And I was praying about their situation, and the more I prayed about their situation, the more the Lord started dealing with my heart about it. And I stopped praying about them individually because the Lord dealt with me. He said, why don't you pray and deal with the root of the issue? Why don't you pray and deal with the root of the issue? And so I was emboldened in the Holy Ghost, praying there, driving in my car. If somebody would have been driving by me and looked over, they probably would have thought I was crazy. But I was feeling the Holy Ghost. And so I was praying, flowing in the Spirit, talking to God. God was giving me utterance and things to say. And I was no longer praying for the individual situation. By the leading of the Spirit of God, I was dealing with the root cause. You know, when Jesus cursed the fig tree, he dealt with the root cause. He dealt with the root. And so the reality of it dying and withering, it might not have been evidenced right away. But the next day when they came by, they saw the evidence of having dealt with the root. There are some things when we pray. If we'll let the Lord lead us in prayer. And quit addressing symptoms in prayer and start addressing the root cause in prayer. 
Lord's trying to help somebody. You're spending a lot of time, effort, and energy praying, addressing symptoms. This keeps happening. That keeps happening. Those are symptoms, symptoms, symptoms. Let the Lord lead you. You can't just work something up in your mind. Let the Lord lead you and pray and address the root of the issue. Now, here's what's important. When the Lord leads you that way and you begin praying, addressing the root of it, you may not see a result the next day. But as long as the Lord leads you, you keep praying and addressing the root cause. You keep addressing the root cause. Let the Lord give you understanding, revelation about what the root of it issue is. And pray and deal with that in prayer, trusting the power of God to curse it at the root. And in due season, in due season, evidence of the root being dealt with will be manifest to all. Does that make sense? Let the Lord lead you praying about the root of the situation. Would you lift your voice with me right now before we go any further? In the name of Jesus, Father, your understanding, your understanding given to us, I pray. By your word and by your spirit. Things quickened even to our mind as we sit here tonight and hear from you. I pray a leading and guiding of your spirit and the utterance of your spirit. To pray in faith addressing root situations. That there would be change by the name and the power of the name and authority of Jesus Christ. In Jesus name we pray. In Jesus name we pray. Praise God. I'm asking Brother Martine to come after he gets his water drink. Amen. Praise the Lord, everybody. Guys, going to have to be a little patient with me tonight. My, my throat's a little raspy, so if I come off a little high-pitched at times, it's the voice. It's not normally how I talk. <laughs> but, you know, I'm, uh, I'm thankful for the body of Christ. I'm thankful for all the visitors that are here tonight. And I believe they're all here tonight for a purpose, and God has called us all here tonight for a reason. And I want us to keep our spirits and our minds open to what God wants to say tonight. You know, uh, the Lord's been dealing with, uh, with me with some, for some, with some things throughout the last, I'd say, a couple of weeks, maybe, maybe even longer. Um, some of the personal things, one of the personal things that I deal with is sometimes I, I envision myself up here. I don't know why that is. I mean, it's not like I'm doing it in a prideful way or it's, it's not in a vain type of way. But I want to talk about a fear sometimes that, that we have. And for mine, this fear is just coming out from behind the pulpit and walking around and talking like I see my bishop do and brother, brother, uh, brother Lewis do and my pastor do. So in order to overcome fears, we've got to get out of a comfort zone and sometimes acknowledge that and step out of it. Okay? So tonight, God has put a couple of words in me. And one of them was, well, two words. And it's God's process. You know, so when, when, when I'm talking about God's process, I mean, some of us are in a process right now. Okay? We're in his process. Now, do, do some of us believe in that process? It's another thing I had to ask myself. Well, do I believe in the process? Do I even like the process? Because sometimes the process of being in God's process can be life-changing. For one, it can be difficult at times because 
There's going to be a change that starts to take place in your mind and a change that takes place in your heart. But this is part of the process. You know, so in this process, we all start from somewhere in the beginning. Okay, and we start out here on a church pew for some of us. Some of us, it started out there in a Bible study. God placing men or women in our lives at a treatment center, at our jobs. This is a process. This is God's process. You know, so I can sit here and try to understand it sometimes. And I, I, like I said, I've only been serving God for, you know, I'd say two and a half years solid. You know, I'm in a relationship with him. You know, so prior to that, though, I've had, how would, so what, what, I guess you could call it an encounter. You know, I had come across, you know, a group of people. I had what I at that time thought was a relationship with God. But what I found myself was in a relationship with man. Okay, and I got close to a man that was instructing me, that was teaching me, that was I thought was leading me in a direction, but it led me to destruction. And I heard, but there was something being planted in me at that time. You know, even though that I was there and I was sitting in a church pew and I was I was uh, around some some men of God and some people, it doesn't mean that I wasn't listening. And that I wasn't being fed and I wasn't hearing things because things were being planted in me. Okay, so some things happened. I'm not going to go into detail about what exactly happened. But some things happened that led me out the door. Okay, and I left. I left. I went back out there. I did drugs for, man, I can't remember how many years. But it's been most of my life. Since a young kid to a grown man. And, uh, you know, so I left. And I decided that I wanted to keep getting high. I wanted to keep doing what I wanted to do. And, but at the same time, there was, like I told you, there was a seed that was planted. Okay, and that seed sat there sometimes. And we have encounters in God's process where we come into encounters with people in our lives that witness to us and say, hey, you know, maybe you should come back to church. Or you, should, you should come to church and, you know, come visit the church. And, you know, or let us pray with you. Or can I do a Bible study with you? Can I talk to you about God? And so, uh, you know, I've had those encounters throughout my time of leaving church, even, even since I was younger. You know, I mean, maybe some of you might have experienced that because, I mean, like I said, I didn't grow up in church. And, and some of us in here probably come from the same background that I have that didn't grow up in church. But then there's some that have grown up in here. And it doesn't, it, it's not any different because you can still grow up in church and I believe you can still struggle and have struggles. You know, I, I believe that. And so, in, and during this process, there's people that have been witnessing, people that have been uh, trying to tell me, hey, bro, you know, you should come back to church. And I'm like, nah, I'm not going back to church. I don't want nothing to do with that. I don't want anything to do with it because I had this idea that everybody was, you know, lying to me. And, but I was a people watcher. You know, I watched everybody, and I wanted to see what they were talking about. I want to see if this person was real. And if they were living what they were living, if they were talking with the talk, you see, talking to talk and walking to walk, that's, that's what I was doing. And I thought that I was doing, you know, so I came in here with this, this time that I came back to, to God in this process, I came back and I sat right back there where my brother Tim is at. I sat right back there and, uh, and I just kind of was like a statue, you know, I was kind of like, you know, looking around. I didn't know what to expect. And, you know, it's taken some things to get me out of a comfort zone. You know, but we got to want to come out of that comfort zone. 
Because sometimes we get so comfortable that it's easy to stay in it and not get out of it. And it's taken little small gestures from people, from men, from brothers, from sisters. Bishop was one of the first ones that had pointed me in the back and he's like, he said, you're not a backseat type of guy. I'm like, I always thought that I was. I mean, I always chose the back seat, the back of the class. You know, I was the back, in the back seat. So I came and I made my way up here to the front. But I had, a, I had a hunger and a desire for the things of God because I was suffering. I was hurting. I was lost. I had pain. I, was in, I lived an addictive lifestyle, and I didn't know how to get out of that. I didn't know, but I knew that coming here, coming to the, this was part of God's process. Everything that happened out there. From a child to an adult. I mean, yeah, I suffered, but that was part of the process. I believe today that I had to go through some of those things and experience those things so that I can stand here tonight and talk about those things and share those things with you. You know, sometimes I've even asked myself, am I worthy enough to be here? You know, I, 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 am I worthy enough to stand back behind this pulpit? When I was always standing behind bars and looking out windows. Now I find myself standing somewhere else looking through a different window. This is what God is showing me. And this is the things that God reveals to me. You know, so uh, in this process that we go through, and it, it all begins somewhere. You know, like I said, it, some of us, it, it started with the Bible study. And uh, for me, I think the first time somebody witnessed to me, I was sitting in the Yakima County Jail. And, you know, somebody came and talked to me from the jail phone. And I got out, and we connected, and I came to church for a little while. But there's other processes that need to continue to take place. Baptism. I noticed the baptismal's open tonight. That's amazing. You know, that's part of the process. Acts 2.38 says, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. It's part of the process, going into that watery grave and, and coming out. You know, so I have a, I have a, a scripture that, that I've been wanting to read. And, you know, I've been... I, I, I've been going through different scenarios in my life. Um, I'll give you the scriptures that you guys can look it up while I speak a little bit. It's 1 Corinthians chapter 3. And I've been going through some different scenarios in my life, so a lot of ups and downs. And I find myself in this process now of having to trust and have faith in God. Not that I didn't have it, but sometimes in your walk with God, you're going to come to situations in life where you're going to question the process you're going to question it like god why am i going through this i mean why is this happening to my i i i'm faithful to you i pray to you i communicate with you i have a relationship with you why is it that i'm going through the things that i'm going through am i not doing something right am i am i struggling i mean what is it god and and i and i want to seek after those things and i want to understand those things because Sometimes if I try to understand those things in my own understanding, I'll never understand. You know, so I got to continue to talk to God and I'm like, maybe I'm not listening and I don't have my spirit open enough to what he's trying to say to me. Because I got into this process of my, doing my thing and it's like, okay, I'm going to try to make this happen. I'm going to try to make that happen and I'm going to try to get this door to open. And the Lord kind of, he, well, he checked me, you know, he's like, hey, man, you need to slow down. And he did it through somebody else, somebody else saying, hey, you're going too fast. I was like, okay, am I talking too fast, too? Because I do that sometimes, too. <laughs> trying to work on that. <laughs> but, you know, in this process, you know, I had to learn to 
to kind of step back and say, you know what, God, I'm going to trust you in this situation. You know, not knowing the outcome, you know, some of you guys I've shared with you guys, I'm losing my job. Big deal. You know, it can be a big deal. I mean, it can be a big deal. But, you know, I'm talking to God about it, and I'm like, okay. And, I, and trust me, I mean, I was out there plugging away, looking for jobs and trying to do this thing. And there's people like, yes, we want to give you this job. But we want to give it to you. You got to come in at 5 o'clock in the, in the afternoon and stay till 5 in the morning. And I started, man, I can't go to church on Wednesday. I can't teach an anger management class on Monday. Now I'm thinking, man, this, this is not a blessing to my life. This is going to take things away from me. Okay, so I'm not trying to have things removed from my life because I've removed myself from life or life situations. And, you know, it's not gotten me to a great place in my life you know so there's been all these offers of jobs and you know i've done i've i've turned them down i'm like man i never thought that would be a day that i would turn down a job you know what i mean somebody wants to pay me some money man let me, let me go work i don't care what time of day it is or what kind of time time of night it is but the situation's changed the situation's changed now that we got a god that we serve a god that i want to be in relationship with a god that i want to communicate with a god that i want to spend time with you know so yeah, money is great. It's great. And I'm going to share something else with you. I had my, you know, you got my, my company's closing down that I work for. They offered me a job for like 20 bucks an hour. And, you know, at first I was like, oh, man, you know, that sounds great. You know, 20 bucks an hour. But they were like, but you got to move to Oregon. And I was like, whoa, Oregon, huh? And I said, nah, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to pass on that offer. I, I don't, I didn't feel, I, I didn't feel like that was what God was calling me to do. So there came another offer. And they called me at like 9 o'clock at night at home, woke me up out of my sleep. Answered, I, I never answered my phone that late, but that thing was buzzing. Like, bzz, bzz, so I answered it. And I said, hello. This guy's on the, fo- on the phone, and he's like, you know, he's like in, in high-pitched, you know, talking fast. And he's, he's telling me, he's like, hey, man, uh, you know, we need you over here in Oregon. We want to pay you uh, $70,000 a year. Um, he wanted me to make a decision on the phone that night. And I was like, whoa, man. I, I said, hold on a second, man. I, I'm not going to make a decision over the phone tonight. And I don't get me wrong, man. I kind of like, I was like, whoa. And I was thrown for a loop because in my life, I come from a low place. I come from the street. I come from not having nothing. I come from a broken home. I come from, you know, a, tr- a troubled life. So now that I'm not living that life and somebody throws money at you you know so automatically we can be like you know money money has the ability to change a life money has the ability to provide for my kids or or a wife or or even buy a home if that's something that you dream about you know having those things so uh you know i had a i had to weigh all that out and i mean i had to pray about it again because it was like man i was like i said no to one number now they're throwing a bigger number out at me and I'm just like, okay, Oregon, I'm going to have to leave. And you know what? I went back to my job, and I told them the next day. I talked to them in the morning. I said, you know what? I'm going to have to turn that down. I said, I'm not going to do that. I don't want to leave. I felt that there was a pulling away from here. I, feel, I felt like I was losing something. And it's like almost, and, and I envisioned it to a time of being incarcerated when you've committed a crime, and the cops are putting the handcuffs on you. And you're like, man, I'm going to jail, man. I know I'm going to prison. And this is what I was feeling, which was, can be a form of bondage, going back to that. I don't want to go back to that and leave 
to go do something that's going to make me feel guilty. It's not going to make me feel like I'm gaining, but losing. I'm not in this to lose, you know, and um, but this is part of the process where I found myself asking God, you know, wh- what is your process? I and mean, how do I understand that? Why am I in it? You know, and that's why I said, do we believe in it? Do we believe in God's process? I believe that we do. Do we like his process sometimes? Sometimes we might not. No, especially when it comes to working on something that's he's dealing with us about. That process is uncomfortable. You know, it's because it's, it, it's something that we've hung on to. It's something that we might have done over and over and over again. And it's, it, it can be difficult to let go of. So I've, I got a scripture, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 3. And I'm going to read out of the Amplified. I read out of the, the, the King James Version at home. But I, I don't, I'm not really too great. Like I said, I've been doing this for, you know, two and a half years. So I, I'm working on it. <laughs> I'm working progress. <laughs> but this is part of God's process. You know, so I'm not, I'm not super knowledgeable. And I can't, you know, quote, throw scriptures out at you guys off, off the top of my head. I mean, I can quote some of them. You know, but it's a process. <laughs> and I'm in it. You know, I'm working on it. You know, and, and this is what we do. So this in 1 Corinthians. It says, and this is, I'm going to read it out of the Amplified. It says, however, brothers and sisters, chapter uh, 3, all verse 1, verse 1. Sorry about that. <laughs> Forgive me. <laughs> okay, so uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 3. It says, however, brothers and sisters, I could not talk to you as to spiritual people, but only as to the worldly people dominated by human nature mere infants in the new life in christ you know a mere infant in the new life of christ and, I, and that's to me that was part of my process is being new in the lord you know new being being the new how do they call it they might call it a, a babe in christ you know so you know being new in the lord there's things that we're going to go through that we we don't understand in this it's just like a child. They're just, they're really small. They don't understand. They need guidance. They need direction. You know, they, they need those, that support, you know. So, um, you know, we're just, you know, by human nature and mere infants in the new life in Christ. It says, I fed you with milk. Infants need milk. They're small, not solid food. We can't feed a child meat. It's going to choke on it. He just can't handle it. He's not ready for all that. And I didn't understand all this until couple of years later I'm just like I've experienced some things in my walk and I said now I know what that meat is you know but in the beginning it's like yeah I needed that little bit of milk brother (laughs) but uh you know I fed you with milk not solid food for you were not able yet to receive it even now you are still not ready he says I I think about that a lot I'm like okay even now And, and I believe that God's process is never ending Okay, I don't care how old you are or how old you get. This is a never-ending process. We serve an infinite God who is never-ending. Okay, so we're going to continually be in a never-ending process throughout life, throughout growing in his word. Because there's growth in here. This word of God is alive. You know, and I, I, I didn't realize those things. I mean, I'd always seen a Bible, and I'm like, okay, you know, uh, it's just the Bible, you know, but now, you know, I get in there and I can read some things and then I can read it again and then something else comes out and it stands out to me and it's alive to me. And I'm just like, man, how did I miss that the last time? Why isn't that highlighted? 
you know. <laughs> so I'm like, so I go back and I kind of put a mark in that, you know. <laughs> but uh, it says, you know, even now you are still not ready. You are still worldly, controlled by ordinary impulses and sinful capacity. You know, I, I, I don't, I don't want to be worldly. You know, so there's some things that, you know, I've had to get out of my life in order for me to make changes in my life. You know, so I want to speak on that a little bit. You know, being for me, being worldly was still talking the way I used to talk. Still just being disrespectful the way that I used to disrespect. Um, I guess listening to some of the music that I used to listen to. These were my own personal convictions. I'm, I'm, I mean, uh, this, this is what God dealt with me about. You know, so you know, uh, if God deals with you about it, great. If he doesn't, pray about it. <clears throat> Those are the things that God had dealt with me about. And, you know, nobody said, came to me and said, hey, man, you need to stop doing this and you need to stop doing that. They didn't say that to me, but I wanted to set myself apart from the world. You know, I don't want to, I want to be identified. I mean, sometimes people don't, I, they might still identify me as part of the world because they see all of this. They see all the tattoos and they can say, man, I would never believe that you were somebody that went to church. You know, I could never believe that, that you know, you serve God. And sometimes like, well, why couldn't you believe that? I mean, I, I think that sometimes people do recognize it. When I hear statements like this, man, there's something about you that's different. I'm like, okay. Well, yeah, I mean, I got a lot of tattoos. That's, that's different, you know. But, uh, you know, and it's been on multiple occasions that I hear people say that. You know, and I know that it's not something that I created on my own. You know, the communication that I give to people and the way that I treat people and the way that I respect people, that's a God-given gift. It ain't just something that I produced overnight. I woke up in the morning and I said, I'm going to love everybody. It, it just didn't happen like that because I just wasn't that person, you know. And so now it's like, you know, people see me smile and they see me happy. I'm like, hey, and they're just like, whoa. I didn't expect that from you, you know, and I'm like, it's just me now. But, you know, so uh, ordinary impulses and sinful capacity. For as long as there is jealousy and strife and discord among you, you are not unspiritual and you are not walking like ordinary men, unchanged by faith. Unchanged by faith. You know, that, that I mean, there's some things in here that, you know, some of, for, for myself, you know, I, I, I live, we all live in a world, and we all experience things, and we, we come across different religions and different faiths, and different people have different walks in, in the Lord. And sometimes, I'm not saying that I go out there and I compare myself to everybody, but, I, but God's given me ears to, to hear, and he's given me eyes to see. And, you know, and, I, and people are doing the same with me. They're, I mean, believe it or not, they are watching. And, and I, I don't know who I was sharing with, but I was sharing with somebody on the phone, I think it was yesterday, and I told him, I said, you know, the last thing that I ever want to hear somebody say is that they point something out about me, and they say, well, I thought you were a Christian. Why do you do that? Why do you act like that? Why do you talk like that? Why do you do the things that you do? That's not very Christian-like. I'm like, oh, man, that would sting, man. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not trying to hear those things, so I, 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 I want to stress how important that your, your testimony is. Your walk with God, and it's a process. This is, an, this is an important walk. And I'm not saying that we're not going to struggle. Because when I first came to God in the beginning, I was like, man, I'm ready. And I was out there just talking foul. 
Like, you know, but I was just like, I, but it was part of that process of saying, you know what, that was wrong. You know, I, I need to, I mean, I need to work on that. I need to work on that. I need to work on that. In the process, I guess, you want to be self-aware of what's happening with you because God is going to be making changes in each and every one of us in this process from here forward. There's going to be some things that, are, that God's going to put in your heart and he's going to speak to your mind. And he's going to say, hey, you know, maybe, maybe we should change this way of living or maybe we should change this way of thinking. And it's a process of working on that. You know, saying, hey, God, you know, I, I don't want to be strung out anymore. And, you know, I don't want to be disrespectful to people. You know, my part of my thinking was when I had come out, I did all this years in prison. I got out and I was talking to God. And I said, you know what, God? I said, I, one day, you know, I want to have a home. I said, I want to be married. I want to have my kids in my life. There's things that I, and desires that I wanted. And I had to start speaking those things out that I, that I wanted and talking to God about. Because I was tired of being addicted I was tired of being angry. I was tired of having resentments. I was tired of being bitter. You know, and these are, like I said, in this process, it's one thing at a time that, that God was pulling out of my heart. It wasn't an automatic change. It wasn't something that just, I mean, I went from the water to the pulpit. It just doesn't happen that way. You know, and, and, and it's just like, you know, God, in all this process of trying to understand, it's like, man, I... We can never understand God because he, 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 we can never figure him out because he's going he's gonna to do things sometimes and, and take us down courses in our life. And some of them are not the greatest of experiences. You know, some of those experiences are difficult. And you might ask yourself, you know, Lord, why did I, why did, why am I in this situation? How did I get here? Why am I here? You know, and this is in times of, of trouble or stress or and, you know, sometimes you got to just call on God and say, we know, God, what are you trying to teach me in this situation? What are you trying to show me out of this difficult time? <clears throat> and even now that I don't, I'm, I'm not, I don't have a lot of those struggles that I used to have. You know, I find myself living a different life. And you, I'm up here talking and I'm sharing what God's put on my heart with you. And I'm like, well, God, why me now? <laughs> I mean, what, what, I, I didn't tell you, I'll, I'll tell you, I'll be honest with you. I never in my life thought that I would be doing something like this. But God does the choosing of the vessel. He does the choosing of a man. He does the choosing of a woman. He does the choosing of a teenager. And, 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 and I want to be obedient to that. And, so, and, and I say sometimes I had fears, fears of getting up out of my seat. When I'm you first coming to God, it's like, you know what? I'm comfortable here. Let me let me sit here for a second and just watch everything go down. And, you know, I might shake a few hands. And but, you know, I, I like I talked in the beginning about getting out of your comfort zone You getting out of your comfort zone is coming to an altar, you know, and, 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 and just laying it down before God. And when I got out of prison, I walked through these doors and I and remember sitting in prison. I said, when I get out, I'm going to come straight to that altar. And I came right here. And I, yeah, I mean, it, it was felt awkward. It felt. In a way, it was like, man, I, I don't really know anybody. Are they all watching me? Is everybody staring at me? You know, and I was so worried about what everybody was thinking about me. And what I should have been thinking about was the king and what he was going to do for me. You know, so I did, though. I came down here and I laid it on the altar and I gave it to God. You know, so, um, you know, God, he's going to continue to grow. He's going to continue to do some things. And I, I believe he's continuing to do a work in me. And he's going to continue to do a work in everybody else. We've got to allow that process to take place. 
We got to allow it to happen because we can fight God. We can resist God and we can push God away and only let limit God. And, and we're putting our limits on him to what we allow him to do in our life. You know, so that's not what we want to do because it's like, you know what, God, I, I want to give this up, but I really don't want to give it up. You know, I know this is wrong, God, but I'm going to continue to keep on doing it because and some people, my people's thinking, they think that they can do something wrong and they just go to God and I'm going to, God, forgive me. I repent in Jesus' name. It's over. You know, I don't want to live that life. I don't want to live that life so I can go out there and commit some sins and come back to church and just lay it on the altar and call it all good. I don't want to live that way. You know, so uh, I'm going to continue reading. <clears throat> it says, what then? It says, uh, hold on a second. Okay, so for when one of you says, I am a disciple of Paul, and another, I am a disciple of Apollos, are you not proving yourselves unchanged just as ordinary people? Uh, what then is Apollos, and what is Paul? Just servants through whom you believed in Christ, even as the Lord appointed each his task. I planted, I believe that's Paul talking, I planted and Apollos watered, but God all the while was causing the growth. When he says, I planted, I believe that Paul was preaching, teaching, and Apollos, you know, he was planting seeds. Paul was the planter, he was planting, and Apollos came, and he was, he was uh, watering. He was giving, you know, feeding what Paul had planted, that seed, for there to be growth. And we're here every day, we're every, here every Sunday, we're here every Wednesday, and there's things being planted within us. If we come in here with our spirits open, an open mind and an open heart, you know, there's things that are going to be planted within you. And, you know, you, you know, some of us might leave and find ourselves somewhere else and someone comes along and someone else waters. But all the while, God is the one that's going to give the increase and he's going to give the growth. Okay, so I remember when I told you in the beginning that I had an experience in church before and there was some seeds planted in me. Okay, I carried them seeds around for a while. And I came in contact with some brothers here. There was some watering going on. And what you're seeing today is God giving the increase. That's what he's doing. That's where the growth is coming from. Yes, God places men, women of God in our lives for a reason. But God is going to continue to do an increase in your life. And this is what I read when I read this scripture. And this is what I understand through it. You know, so um, it says, uh, and what is Paul? Just servants through whom you believed in Christ, even as the Lord appointed to each his task. Okay, um, so neither is the one who plants nor the one who waters anything but only God who causes the growth. Only God causes the growth. He who plants and he who waters are one in importance and esteem working toward the same purpose. <clears throat> but each will receive his own reward according to his own labor. For we are God's fellow workers. We are his workers. I believe today that a lot of us here are doing a work at, at work. You know, we share with our coworkers, the people we come in contact with. You know, it's, it's a work. You know, and I mean, as some of you guys know, I teach an anger management class on Monday nights. That's a work. In the process of all that work, you know, I, I see God has been doing some major changes in my life. And it's not, and, and it's, I mean, I'm there, I'm there for the souls and for the people that are there. But at the same time, you know, you ne I guess you really don't understand how much you learn when you're the one actually teaching. You know, it's just like, man, you know, sometimes, you know, like for tonight, you know, I was I was I was thinking about this and I was praying about it and I was praying about it. And if I wanted to write some stuff down, you know, I wanted to take all these notes and 
I wanted to figure some stuff out. And I was just like, man, it's going to become scripted. You know, it's just going to be, it's not going to be a flow of God or something that God had put in my heart. Because this, it was just like, it would have sounded to me, I guess in a way it would have been like kind of fake, I guess. So I was just like, you know, I'm just going to allow God to use me. I'm going to keep my spirit open. And I'm going to allow him to speak through me to speak to you. And, and, and like I said, let's have our spirits open and our mind open to what God's, God is doing. You know, so for we are God's fellow workers, his servants working together. You are God's cultivated field. His garden and his vineyard, God's building. See, we are God's cultivated field. What is a cultivated field? A field takes seed. A field needs water for there to be growth. A field needs seasons. It needs uh, winter, spring, fall. It needs all those, all those seasons. You know, so it's part of a process of growth. Everything has a process when it's growing. Even from a small child, from the womb to the world, there's a process of growth. And we're all in that process of growth, of growing in God, with God, and in God. So according to the remarkable grace of God, which is given to me to prepare me for my task, like a skillful master builder, I laid a foundation, and now another is building on it. But each one must be careful how he builds on it. For no one can lay a foundation other than the one which is already laid, which is Jesus Christ. It's a foundation that we want to be founded on, the word of God. Because if we have a strong, steady foundation in Christ, we can't be shaken. We can't be broken. You know, but if we have a shaky foundation, we might have some cracks in it, wasn't built right. You're going to get some storms that are going to come, some water, some wind. It's going to knock it away. It's going to destroy that foundation and everything's going to crumble. These are just things that the Lord had, that speaks to me about, you know, I mean, I, don't, I went through an experience. I think it was a couple of nights ago. I couldn't sleep. I was up like all night long and it, was, it felt like it was all night long. But I'd never had this happen to me. I was laying there and I was dreaming and I kept seeing scriptures in my mind. And I'm like, what is this? You know, why I've never in my life had a dream about the word of God. And I mean, I'm not saying it's a bad thing or it was a scary thing, but it was just like, wow, you know, I, I, you know, I hear people talk about, you know, what the word of God talks about, you know, dreams and God giving dreams. And, and I'm just like, wow, man, I woke up and I was like, what am I supposed to do? You know, am I supposed to write this stuff down? You know, am I supposed to pray? I mean, what am I supposed to do? I mean, like I said, I'm new to the process pretty much myself sometimes. But I wanted to be obedient to that, and I started hearing scriptures, and this was one of them. And there was one other one. Um, so it says, if any person's work which he has built on this foundation, that is, any outcome of his effort remains and survives the test, he will receive a reward. But if any person's work is burned up by the test, he will suffer the loss of his reward. Yet he himself will be, he himself will be uh, saved but only as one who has barely escaped through fire. Do you not know and understand that you, that you, the church, are the temple of God? That's what we are. We are the temple of God. It says, and, and, and that the Spirit of God dwells permanently in you. Okay, I believe that. You know, I believe that the Spirit of God dwells permanently within each and every one of us. And I feel that Spirit of God in me at times that makes me have certain convictions in my life. It tells me right from wrong. 
That's the Spirit of God dwelling in you. And, you know, I mean, I just want to be honest. Some of us can just be disobedient to that sometimes, too. <clears throat> and, uh, and you know, I, I did it. Like I said, I had a relationship with God before. And I did some things in that walk that were like, they were halfway. Half step in, one foot in, one foot out. They might call it lukewarm. And uh, that's what my relationship was at that time. And I, when I came back to God this time, I didn't want a relationship like that. I wanted a real relationship with God. And so, you know, that was, that was just kind of part of the process. But, you know, so, so if anyone destroys the temple of God, anyone destroys this temple of God, corrupting it with false doctrine, God will destroy the destroyer. <clears throat> For the temple of God is holy, it's sacred, and that is what you are. You're holy and sacred. That's what the word of God says. It says, let no one deceive himself. If anyone among you thinks that he is wise in this age, let him become a fool. Disregarding his worldly pretensions and acknowledging his lack of wisdom so that he may become truly wise. You know, that, 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 that tells me, you know, have you ever come across anybody that thinks they know it all? They got all the answers. I've been that guy. I mean, sometimes I still think I'm that guy. <laughs> but, you know, a lot of times... You know, I had to, you know, I had to step back and, and say, you know what, I, I, I can't act like I have all the answers. You know, sometimes people want to ask me a lot of questions like I have the answers because I've been through some things. You know, and, they, they, and sometimes people will ask me, you know, how did, how did this happen for you? How did you figure it out? What happened? And, man, I'm like, do you got some time? And we can talk about that. You know, because, it, it, I mean, it's a long story. But, you know, it was uh, just something that I went through. Because a lot of people see me now. I mean, I've been to prison four times. I was a drug addict for 25 years. Smoked a lot of dope. Gang banged in and out of jails and prisons and county jails and juvenile halls. And, you know, it's very rare that you see people from that lifestyle come out of that lifestyle. You know, I mean, to come out of a lifestyle of gangs, that's one thing. That's, an, that's an, an overcoming. To come out of addiction, that's another overcoming. Um, to have a, a, a different way of thinking and changing of a belief system. I mean, because, I mean, it's going to take a major work. It's going to take a major work because the process had to start up here of what I thought and what I believed and what I seen about every situation. You know, so, uh, so that he may become truly wise. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness. The wisdom of the world is foolishness. And people out here in the world are always going to try to give you their wisdom. What they think that their answer is to your problem and what they think the answer is to your solution. You know, that worldly wisdom, you know, and I've heard it at work and I hear people talking about their marriages and they're complaining. And you get the next guy that comes along and says, you know what, you should just leave. Get your stuff and move out. And I'm like, bro, man, that's not the answer. You're married, man. Go home. Talk to your wife, man. Try to work some things out. You know, and, and they're, they're looking at me like I'm crazy for saying something like that. They're expecting me to be right behind. I'm like, yeah, man, go, man. Pack your stuff. You know, I'll meet y'all. I'll pick you up. You know, but it's just, it's not. That's the worldly wisdom. That's worldly wisdom. You know, you want to give somebody some godly wisdom, you want to encourage them to, to, keep their, to keep their marriage, to try to save it. You know, to seek counseling, to seek help, to seek God. Pray to him. Seek him. And, and, and he'll guide you and he'll direct you in that. You know, so um, it says, For the wisdom of the world is foolishness, absurdity, stupidity before God. For it is written in Scripture, 
He is the one who catches the wise and clever in their craftiness. And again, the Lord knows the thoughts of the humanly wise, that they are useless. So let no one boast in men about their wisdom or having this or that as a leader. For all things are yours, whether Paul or Paulos or Cephas, which is Peter, or the world or life or death or things present or things to come. All things are yours and, all, and you belong to Christ and Christ belongs to you. You know, um, I just want to say tonight that, you know, I, I give all the honor and the glory to Jesus Christ today because I, staying in this process, I mean, I, I, don't get me wrong, it's been, it's, it's been, hasn't always been easy. And there's times that we want to bail out on the process. You know, there's times that we want to say, you know what, I mean, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you guys a real honest scenario. I've been a single man now for almost three years, and there's times I'm just like, you know what, maybe I need to go out and find somebody. And that's not part of God's process. I need to wait on God. I need to trust in God. He's preparing somebody for me. And that that person, God has revealed that person to me. And it's, it's just like, and that's what I'm saying. When we get out of the process, and we want to do things on our own and, and seek after our own will and seek after our flesh and do things out there. And it's a convicting for me. It's like, no, God, I know that I don't belong out there. I know that I'm not going to go find somebody out there and bring somebody back here to church. And, and hey, you know, it's time to change because God's got to do the changing. God's got to do the changing. I mean, I can lead them here, but, I mean, are they really here for the word of God or are they just here for me? You know, so in the, I'm just going to encourage you all to, to stay in the process. I don't, I don't, I don't know this, everybody's situation. And, but, um, like I said, we all go through some things. And, and just stay in the process, no matter what the struggle is, no matter what the problem is. And there's people in your life, I'm going to encourage you to speak to them. You know, if there's people that give you, you know, advice, because we want to surround ourselves around people that are positive. People that are going to give us positive influence. People that are going to speak positive things into our life. Because, like I said, if you can go back and you can seek worldly advice, you can talk to all your worldly friends, and they're not going to give you the greatest advice that you need. And you're going to find yourself in situations that you don't want to find yourself in. So if I go consult with some drug addicts, I mean, I might find myself doing drugs right along with them. You know, if I go consult with some alcoholics at the bar, mom might be sitting there drinking a beer with them. You know, it's just like I, I'm not looking for worldly advice. The advice that I want, I want it to come from the king. I want it to come from Jesus Christ. I want to seek him. I want to feel it. And, and sometimes I don't understand it, so I take it to the men of God that God's placed in my life. And there's been some embarrassing questions that I feel like, man, this is probably dumb. I shouldn't ask it. <laughs> but, I, <laughs> but I do because no matter how embarrassing it is, because sometimes I need to hear that spiritual advice from some men who are seasoned in this. So no matter what the question is, no matter how embarrassing you think it might be, ask it. You know, so I just want to say God bless you. Thank you for allowing me to speak to you all tonight. Thank you. I'm just going to take a couple of minutes here. I want to make some comments. I was sitting in an anger management class after you'd been teaching for some time. And you opened by saying, I don't know what you do in the morning, but I pray. And as I was praying this morning, there were three words that came to me. You spoke those words, and then you began to minister on those words, and when you did finish that, then you went to your lesson. Now, that was a day that I was waiting for to see a transition from 
the pathway that God had provided to bring you to a place of ministering as the Spirit of God would lead you. Amen? I find it so interesting. Here's what I wanted to talk about tonight. Living Word. Another term we may use is rhema. Spiritual expression. What that means is the leading of God's spirit to speak and to say. That is a rhema. That is a living word. That's not having a good idea. That's not recalling something that I learned a long time ago. And the imperative of it is this. Because it affects people's lives right now. Okay. Now, I was here teaching one day. Uh, I don't remember what the content of the message was, but I do remember this. I remember a rhema coming and I spoke it out. It was about you and it was about you and it was about you. I said to you, you need to be teaching. It was, there was no thought involved. It was something that just came and I agreed and spoke it. For you, it was about your Bible study situation. Do you remember that? And immediately, these things begin to play out. Now, here's what I want to say to your situation. I saw you the other day while I was praying. And you were speaking at other locations. But you were living right here. Just thought I'd let you know. You were living here. You were speaking in other places. But let me tell you how descriptive it was. You weren't sharing your testimony. You were expository teaching. You were reading scriptures and teaching from the scripture. That's what you were doing. It's in your future. The anger management class, which is genuine ministry that you're involved in, is a pathway. It's a pathway. But God brought you here specifically to be engaged in this ministry. Okay? Now, I'm not trying to hang something around your neck. But that's a reality. I was in a meeting one time and I'd had some dialogue, I think, with one of my daughters. And kind of trying to find a word that described difference. Difference in that sometimes the things that we experience here, we have come to know as different as sometimes things that happen elsewhere. All right? And I remember the word that came to me, and it was just that living word. The difference of ministering living word Rather than coming up with ideas and thoughts and scripted messages to simply relay, all right? Living word, to me, includes rhema or God's breathing out for the benefit of all of us who are present because of Daily life situations or things that are just a head down the road. 
and us gaining direction or affirmation that we're either doing the right thing or we're doing the wrong thing and we need to start doing the right thing. All right. But it's God's intervention on a consistent basis and letting us know and giving the witness of his spirit. So you hear the word spoken and it bears witness to you that God is talking to me. He's leading me. He's giving me direction or he's, he's affirming that the things that I was thinking or thought I was hearing from the Lord myself, they are right. You recalled already tonight three decisions that you resolved that you could not be lured, pulled, bribed or anything else because you know now so when i said i saw you living here and teaching in multiple places at times that's an affirmation to what you already said tonight i was on the west side and i i sent a text to elder hart i said are you on the east side or the west side on Tuesday? He said, west side. I thought, oh, good. Because I was feeling like he needed to be in Kent with us on Tuesday night. What I didn't realize was it was Tuesday. Sometimes my schedule has me in so many places. I lose track of the day, and it's kind of immaterial to me, unless I miss an appointment. But, so, I sent the text and said, could you join us in Kent on Tuesday? And I said this on Tuesday. And so, I think he was trying to figure out if I was okay. But he waited a little bit and responded and let me know it is Tuesday today oh yeah okay sorry well then he waited to, to give me an answer and I'm, I'm just waiting I know what he's doing he's feeling after the Lord he's getting out of his engagements at around three o'clock in Olympia and he would really like to be home with his family I'm, and I know how important that is but I know what I'm feeling and so I'm waiting. Now, Lord, help him. Help him to hear you. And so he finally responds and he says, you know what? I'm getting out of my meeting. I think I'm going to drive home. No problem. Okay. What do you do? Well, I get engaged in some other things and I'm not even near my phone. And I don't know when the other text came. But I get another text that says, uh, I think I may have responded too quickly. And so I'm going to be there tonight. All right. Now it's in sync with what the burden is that I'm feeling. Okay. So now I haven't said to him, look, be ready to speak or share or teach or anything. That is a given among us. When you come to the meeting you are on call. That's, true. That's the way it is. So he, he came. 
Now, let me give you some backdrop. You know that Elder and Sister Laksamana, Mike and Gina Laksamana, expressed over a year ago that they felt the call to go back to the Philippines and be involved in ministry there. They weren't sure of the dynamic, and we've been working out the dynamic ever since then, and a lot has transpired. But Mike left about a month ago, and he's been in uh, the Philippines, and she was putting off going until June because of things that they were concerned about, children, housing, a list, job situations, finances, a lot of all the things, you know, that we deal with, even when God has made it clear to us, here's what I'm wanting you to do. All right? Now, I have observed the process, and I've been engaged in the process. And I have known time after time when the Lord had provided ministry to help the releasing of all. Simply obey God and go. Now, we're talking about you staying. We're talking about them going. And this is the way it plays out. Well, I didn't know just how grievous it had been for her and things that she was dealing with over the last several days and weeks. But she was there last night. And so... Elder Hart, he comes in, he's, he knows I'm going to turn it to him. And I did, and he simply, you know, he didn't pull out an old thought. He didn't pull out an old lesson he taught somewhere. He simply said, you know, there's a place in the Word of God in the book of Luke that I just can't get away from. This is how it works. As he began to relay... And communicate and teach. The room filled with rhema. It was the answer giving communication. It was the affirmation expression of the spirit. That filled the room. And I'm thinking man. Is he talking to anybody else besides Sister Laksamana? Because I know the deal. I'm aware of the details. And I mean it is deep and it is thorough and he is just laying it out there and I'm thinking now he's glad he came <laughs> and as and as he wrapped up his portion I look back and she had her hands in the air and tears just flowing down her face and face and she was just calling out to God and being thankful because now she knew this word was for her. And to release all of those pressures and problems. This is the importance. Of becoming ministry. Of a living word. She sent it, I sent, I recorded it on my phone sitting there on the seat. And I sent it to her and her husband. And she sent a, a message back in capital letters. How thankful she was that this was a message from God for her. 
and that she had had so much peace. Let's pray for just a minute here, could we? Come on, in the name of Jesus, we're thankful to you, Father. We're thankful for the expression of your spirit, Lord. The leading of your word. In the name of Jesus. 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 Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. It is important that when we recognize the Lord is speaking to our situation. I witnessed it at the very outset in those first five to seven minutes when my plan was just to hand the mic to Brother Martin and get out of the way. There were some things for a couple of you. I'm not going to call you out. Don't worry. For a couple of you that it spoke to your situation. And you realize that's what I need to do. When the word of God becomes clear to you that way. What you have to do is you have to go. And you understand spiritually you got to take it to yourself. Talked about this Sunday how the enemy will come and try to steal the seed of the word or the rocky ground where there, it doesn't get any root and so it doesn't produce or the, the thorns choke it out so we no longer hold on to the word that got planted. When we hear that living word of God that speaks to our situation, we've got to take hold of it. Amen. Because the word will never fail. It will come to pass. The Lord said it this way, my word will not return void. It will accomplish what I sent it to do. Amen. Praise God. Why don't we stand together? Thank you for your open spirit. Patience this evening as the Lord has talked with us. Amen. We are going to baptize some precious people tonight it's exciting to me i i got to meet amanda a few weeks ago in a bible study for the first time was that your first time amanda i didn't think so i it was the first time i'd got to meet her and i witnessed the lord talking to her in that bible study i witnessed revelation coming to her as Brother Lewis talked about the blood on the doorpost and the Passover. And then as the Lord began to reveal himself as the Passover lamb. Remember that? I know you. I remember it. And the Lord was dealing with hearts. And Alex, she's just been a little stubborn, but the Lord's been dealing with her for a while. Amen. Amen. I hope I don't get in trouble for saying that. Amen. I know. Thank you. Praise God. This is Sandra's sister. We're excited about what God's doing. He's been using Sister Julie, Brother Lewis, Sandra, and Minnie. The Lord's been ministering. We're going to baptize them according to the word of God tonight in the precious name of Jesus Christ.
So we're going to give them some time. Sister Julie, you can show them they can get ready. Um, while they're doing that, let me. you can be seated. It'll just take them a couple minutes. Amen. I think this is important. It's interesting, my... There's been a... Uh, there's been an individual uh, that had made contact with my oldest son when he was here and began to uh, seek to debate regarding the scripture concerning baptism and to debate regarding the necessity. His debate was from the standpoint of re- debating the necessity of baptism. And uh, my eldest son talked to me about it. And uh, I think he even jumped into the middle of a youth Bible study at a coffee shop one night and almost derailed a little bit. My eldest son had to repent a little bit because he got caught up in debate and lost track of we can do that. He's got his father's genes in him. And uh, part of the process, bro. And, uh, well, as time would have it, this man has found his way to my youngest son and begin to try to. And so I finally uh, encouraged, you know what? You respond to him and let him know if you would like, if you're genuinely hungry, you're wanting to talk about this in the word and seek greater understanding. If it's a genuine hunger of your heart, Come sit down with me, sit down with my dad. Let's open the word of God and let's seek to see what the Lord says. But if your desire is simply to debate and argue, I'm not interested in opening the word of God with you. Because there's a spirit that would try to debate and argue, but has no interest in seeing what the Lord would say about things to us from his word. That makes sense. Hear me tonight. I believe because the word of God says so that being baptized in the name of Jesus Christ is a necessity for salvation. Not because I think so, because the word of God says so. Mark 16 and 16 says, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Doesn't say they are saved. They shall be. That word should be saved. They should continue in the process and salvation becomes a part believes and is baptized the word and is a conjunction that joins two thoughts one is not complete without the other believing alone is not enough baptism is a part of it some would say being baptized you're saying that's works we're not saved by works being baptized is not works you don't baptize yourself you didn't do it yourself you submitted to the word of god in obedience and someone baptized you Scripture says in Acts 10 that after Peter spoke the word, the Holy Ghost fell on them which heard the word. Then immediately following that, the Scripture says of the Apostle Peter, the Apostle Peter, he commanded them. Doesn't say he suggested that it might be a good idea. Doesn't say he recommended it. It says in Acts 10, he commanded them to be baptized. Call it. I didn't do that. The Apostle Peter did that. And he told them how. He said, 
calling on the name of the Lord Jesus. So we find this precedence in Scripture. Acts 22 and 16, we find this declaration where the apostle said, Why tarriest thou? Arise and be baptized. Wash away thy sins, calling on the name of the Lord Jesus. So when we baptize these ladies tonight in the name of Jesus Christ, we're not just getting them wet. We are obeying the word of God. We're baptizing them in the name of Jesus Christ because Jesus Christ, according to the scripture, is the only name given under heaven whereby we must be saved. Someone has asked along the journey, why don't you baptize in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost? My answer is very simple. I do. I said, I thought you baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. I do. Oh, you do both. No. I'm confused. Yes, you are. It's okay to laugh. But it is serious. What is the name of the Father? Jesus. Jesus Christ said, he that hath seen me hath seen the Father. I and my Father are one. The name of the Son is Jesus. The name of the Holy Ghost is Jesus. We know this because Jesus Christ spoke to his disciples and he said, The Father shall send the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, and he'll send it in my name. We find in the book of Acts chapter 4 where they said you need to receive the Lord Jesus Christ. If you look at that and study that scripture, they said receive the Lord Jesus Christ, but they were speaking to them to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Were they confused? Did they get their words mixed up? No, they understood the name of the Father, the name of the Son, the name of the Holy Ghost. There is only one name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. And so when we baptize someone in the name of Jesus Christ, we baptize them in the name. Father, Son, and Holy Ghost are titles, not names. I'm a father. I'm a son. I'm an uncle. I'm a brother. None of those are my name. Those are all titles. When I just use the titles, I deny the very power. The power is in the name. The power is in the name. Search the scripture. Search the scripture. Nowhere in the Bible was anyone ever baptized any other way. Than in the name of Jesus Christ. It's not in there. This is why we baptize in the name of Jesus Christ. One other thing is these ladies are coming. Somebody says, well, why baptism? The scripture says we are buried with Christ. How? In baptism. We understand we're saved by the gospel of Christ, which is the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. He died. He was buried. He rose again on the third day. That's the gospel. How do we apply the gospel of Jesus to our lives? We die. Physically? Naturally? No, spiritually. We die to our human desire. And we come alive to Christ's desire. That's repentance, turning from my old way, turning towards God. That's dying to myself, denying myself. Then how am I buried? I'm buried with him 
in baptism. We're getting ready to bury these ladies in the name of Jesus Christ. Why do we dunk them underwater, not sprinkle water on them? You ever been to a funeral? Wouldn't it be amazing if they laid the dead body on the ground and took a hand of dirt and threw it on it and said, I just buried them. We know better than that. And the word in Scripture is very clear, buried and baptized. The word baptized means to immerse, to submerge, to put under. That's why we don't sprinkle. You say, man, you're pretty serious about this Bible stuff. You bet I am. I want it to be according to his word, not man's theology. Are you interested in what does the word of God say? Amen. This is important. And so we baptize them in the name of Jesus Christ. And here's what's getting ready to happen to Alex and to Amanda. They're going to go down into a watery grave in Jesus' name. There's nothing in that water. Well, there might be some stuff in it. But <laughs> just a little bit of dust or something. I don't, there's nothing special we put in the water. You understand? It's just water. It's not holy water. It's water. It's just water. Might be a little cool, but it's just water. You say, well, what's the point? The power's not in the water. The power's in the name. And so when we bury them in a watery grave, in the name of Jesus Christ, when they come back up out of that water... You hear me, Amanda and Alex? Every sin they've ever committed in their life. This is not me. This is the word of God. Every wrong, every mistake, every sin that they've ever committed in their life. By the name of Jesus Christ, it is remitted or removed from their record. It is washed away. The scripture is clear, never to be remembered against them again. I feel the Holy Ghost because I was baptized somewhere along the way and all of my sins have been washed away. Aren't you thankful for that? Praise God. Praise God. You say, well, what happens if you sin afterwards? Well, I can speak to that because I've done that. Do I have to get baptized again? No, scripture's clear, Ephesians 4 and 5. There's one Lord, there's one faith, and there's only one baptism. So what do I do? I go back to an altar of repentance. God, I failed. I fell short, but your blood was applied to my life in the waters of baptism. I claim the blood. I pray in the name of Jesus, forgive me, and let that working blood of Jesus wash me clean again. And he does when I'm genuine in my repentance. Amen? Praise God. I'm waiting on them to get up here and I'll stop talking. Praise God. It's great to have their family here tonight. And we're excited to be a part of this. I guess I should probably be ready so I can get in there and help do this.
Tiger is down pretty low, so you might want to down a little bit. I'm thinking I'm going to have to sit on the floor. Oh, okay. I think the bench might be too tall. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. If they were standing, there's no way I could do it. Yeah, good point. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm just going to have to sit down. I, think, I don't think I'll be under this today. It'll make it real easy. Thank you. Praise God. It's good to have their family here. Let's make sure that if their family wants to be able to see that they can before we block anybody else out. Amen. Praise God.